0: What are you focused on? We're going to be looking at Numbers 21, 4 through 9, which is an accountant's favorite book in the Bible, the book of Numbers. Amen. And uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some verses in there in just a moment. But this past week was a milestone for my family. Uh, my son, Mark, who's in fifth grade, graduated, and he's going to be now a, fre- a middle schooler this fall. And of course, our, our oldest son, Luke, graduated from eighth grade, and so he'll be a freshman in high school. I can't believe that high school. So this coming fall, we'll have a sixth grader, a ninth grader, a senior in college, and then our oldest will be going for her master's and her credentialing program and stuff like that. And so, and then, then there's the preschooler me with, you know, trees having to deal with me and all that stuff. So uh, God has been so good to our family and we thank the Lord for that. But as we begin the summer months, I want to ask you, what are you focused on right now? Maybe you're focused on the, the gatherings afterwards that we're having here at the church where we're just going to hang out and build community and get to know one another, and maybe you're going to go down below and get something and bring it back to the church, or maybe you have your picnic lunch with you or whatever, or maybe you're thinking about uh, the economy, or maybe you're thinking about your career or your gas, the gas prices or the inflation that we're dealing with in our culture. Or, or perhaps your health, or, or maybe you're thinking about that upcoming vacation that you're planning and stuff like that, where you're going to be going to the beautiful city of Boron. No, I'm kidding. Um, or who knows where it is that you may be doing, or maybe there's a project you're working on that's got your focus, or maybe your children or your grandchildren, or maybe there's something else that I didn't even mention today. But today we're going to look at a very unusual moment in the Bible and a request that God asked Moses to do on behalf of the things that were happening to the people of Israel in this particular passage in Numbers 21, 4 through 9. And I want you to understand that as we go through this message this morning, there's just a couple of things that I want you to understand that you can use your bulletin to write down the notes or whatever it may be, and that is this. I want you to understand what happens when someone makes complaining a habit. Maybe you know someone that, maybe it's you that, that you deal with complaining, and you see it's kind of like... Creeping in your heart more than ever before, especially in the days that we're living in. Secondly, what a simple heart towards God creates. What does it create when we have a simple heart towards God? Third, what a, what a moment of obedience with God can do for your life. There's actually a benefit when, we, when you and I choose to be obedient to God in those moments that we have with Him. And then the last thing I want us to look at is what a moment with God always requires. There is something that always happens when we have a moment with God that we need to make, that we need to talk about. So this morning, I truly believe that there's a big difference between two things, and that is believing that there is a God and believing God, because they're two different things. (laughs) Believing there is a God... And believing God are two different things. You see, I remember as a, as a teenager, I went through that rebellious stage of eighth grade through 11th grade that many of you have maybe heard before in the past, but but I went to a Christian school. I went to youth ministry. I went to church. We were faithful. Matter of fact, we went to church in the morning. We went At that time, we were going to a Catholic church, then a non-denominational spirit-filled church. Then we went back to Catholic church in the evening. Then we went back to that non-denominational church because they had night church back then. So we were going to church four times on a Sunday. I was going to Catholic school, then eventually a Christian school, all that kind of stuff raised in that. But I want you to understand, friends, I believe that there was a God. There's no doubt about that. I believe that there was a God. But I didn't believe what God said in his word on how I should live my life, especially during my eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade year of life. I didn't believe what God's word said, that I was supposed to be a living sacrifice being transformed in the renewing of my mind and not conforming to the ways of this world. I I didn't believe God that he would supply all of my family's needs when we were struggling financially. You see, there's a difference between believing there is a God and believing God. They're two different things. Let me tell you what what basically they are. The first one is this. One a person that believes that there is a God acknowledges that he exists, that he exists, but the other one is developing an absolute trust, an absolute trust that leads to a stronger relationship with him. And I didn't have that second part. I didn't have that second part. I didn't have an absolute trust in God that was leading to a stronger, vibrant, healthy relationship with the living God. And now in Numbers 21, here's the skinny in a nutshell. The people of Israel were living in rebellion. They were living in rebellion, and they chose to live a lifestyle of sin against God. So God sent fiery serpents among them. How many of you have had a rough week or a rough month or a rough year? Well, has anyone had a fiery serpent in your car or in your backyard or anything like that while you're walking the dog, all of a sudden this fiery serpent just drops from the floor or from the, the sky or something like that. Well, that's what happened in this moment. It was so bad that it got the attention of the people of Israel, and they quickly admitted that they were sinning before God. And so God ended up having this unusual moment with Moses and had him make a bronze snake statue and put it on a pole. And basically, God told Moses to tell the people that if they chose to look up the snake, that they would be healed, that they would be saved, that they would be that they would live in that moment. Now, back in those days, there was lots of several types of medical treatments that were done when people got bit by a spider or maybe a snake or whatever it may have been back in those days. But looking at a bronze statue as a form of treatment for a snake bite, well, let's just be honest. It sounds very strange. It it sounds very weird. You know, it'd be like, you know, your your doctor telling you, okay, well, this is all you got to do is just go and look at this specific thing and, and you'll be saved and you'll be healed. You'd be like, there's, that's not going to help me right now. That's not going to heal me. That's not going to save me. And, and that was kind of like what was being asked of them. But here's the point. The people in this passage weren't saved because they believed that God existed. They Instead, it became an issue because they believed that God existed. It became an issue whether they believed what God said. Moses said, God told Moses, this is what I want you to do. And then Moses had to trust God in what he said. And then he had to go tell the children of Israel. And then they had to believe what he said was from God in that moment. Now, did they really think that he knew what he was talking about? When Moses told him, this is the skinny, this is how you're going to be saved, this is going to be how you're going to be healed in that moment? Did they really trust God and the advice he gave Moses? Think about it, friends. The existence of their very life was on the line with what Moses spoke directly from what God asked him to do in order for them to be saved or healed. So the question for you is today, do you believe in God? Do you believe in God or do you believe God? Do you believe what God wants you to do in your life? Because believing in God may may make you feel better at some level, but believing God when he calls you to obey him is the path to abundant life in him. So if you're able to with me, would you stand for the reading of God's word? And we're going to be reading from Numbers twenty-one, four through 9. It's about nine slides. And what I want us to do is I want us to all read this together as it's up on the screen and we go on this journey, finding out of this unusual moment with God. Then the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained, there is nothing to eat here and nothing to drink. And we hate the horrible manna, so the Lord sent poisonous snakes among them the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live. If they simply look at it, so Moses made a snake of bronze and attached attached it to a pole. Then everyone who was bitten by a snake, could look at the bronze snake and be healed. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. May we hide it in our hearts that we would not sin against you, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with us in the, major, in the rest of our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, friends. Now, I want you to notice something that in the passage that we just read, whether you're looking at it in your app or you have your Bible open in nine, Numbers 9.21, and I know we're li- reading from different versions. We just read from the, the NLT, the new Latino translation, no, i Uh kidding, the new living translation. And, um, but if you notice, there's certain words that, were, that you saw in verses four and five, and these were the words. They were impatient. Everyone say, Impatient. They were impatient. Number two, they began to speak against God and Moses. And number three, they complained. Everyone say complain. They complained. Have you ever wondered what caused the people of God to complain? Think about this for a moment, friends. They saw all sorts of miracles that God had done for them to that point. Think about it. The, the angel of death did not destroy the firstborn because they put the blood of the lamb over their post in, in that, that, that horrible plague that, that happened in, in uh, Egypt. A million people left Egypt, and the Lord provided a cloud by day. Can you imagine that? A cloud by day and a fire by night? I think in, in Texas and other parts of the country where that heat wave's going on, people wish there was a cloud by day right now or something like that. You know, but God provided a cloud by day and a fire by night. They got to the Red Sea, and, and here they were. There was this obstacle in front of them, and they saw the, the the Egyptian army coming towards them, and there was this, you know, fire cloud that, or fire funnel that was just kind of protecting them between themselves and the army attack. In them and then all of a sudden the Lord spoke to Moses, lift up your staff and he lifts up his staff and the Red Sea splits and they they cross up, uh, uh, along that that land and then as the as the Egyptian armies coming towards them the water swallows them up and everything. Could you imagine being there or seeing that or, or going through that? God provided water for them out of a rock. Have any of you in this room ever gotten a rock and tried to break it in half or smash it in half, saying, "I need you to come out with water in Jesus' name"? None of us. I've probably experienced that or ever seen that. But God provided water for them out of a rock. God gave them laws to help them. God's angel went ahead of them to prepare a way for them. And he blessed them with manna from heaven. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on of what God did for the children of Israel. But despite all of that, they complained. They complained. Why? If you want to write this down, complaining is the easiest habit you'll ever develop. And it's the hardest one you'll ever break. They saw all these miracles. They saw all these signs and wonders, but yet complaining was the easiest habit that they developed. And it was the hardest one for them to ever break. Have you ever noticed it's easier to complain about your problem than praying for it? It's easy to complain about your problem than to pray for it. It's easy to complain about what you need, what you want, what you desire, than being thankful for what you've been given. We're no different than the children of Israel, even though we, we've got a lot more technology. We've got more gadgets and gizmos. We're no different than they are because we all get into this, this, uh, this motion of, of complaining sometimes in our lifestyle. Have you ever noticed what complaining does to someone? Let me tell you what complaining does. Complaining causes people to blame others for their troubles. Complaining causes others, causes people to blame others for their troubles. Have you ever done that before? when you're complaining about something at work or you're complaining something about your children or you're complaining about something about our state or whatever it may be, complaining will cause you to not believe that God will provide what he promised he'd do for you. These people saw God do miracles upon miracles upon miracles, but yet they, they always can seem to con- complain, complain, complain. They had a doctrine in complaining, it seemed like. And then there's times in their lives that, that even in our lives, complaining will cause us not to believe what God said he will do for you, what he, would, what he promised you. And complaining causes you to fail. It, it causes you to recognize that your problems were really brought on. If, if you think about it, complaining should cause us to realize that, that w- what we're dealing with, our problems, is really brought on by our disobedience to God most of the time. Trust me, friends, you will find yourself complaining more when your spirit is not faithful to God. I know that when I wasn't living a life worthy of being called a child of God in, the, in that season of my life, That I was always complaining, that I was always saying life is boring, I was always this and that. It's because I was not faithful in my relationship with God. When you choose to be disobedient to God, you will find yourself in an ocean of complaining. You've gone to the ocean, you've gone to the beach, I mean look how big it is. Look how wide it is, look how deep it is. When you and I choose to be disobedient to God, you will find yourself in an ocean of complaining. And when you forget about the miracles that God has done for your life, whether they're big and small, big or small, you will be a complainer more than being grateful. You'll complain. And it starts with our actions, it starts with our attitudes. And complaining can lead to the most, can lead to devastating consequences if someone is not careful. I love what it says again in, in, in. In Numbers 21, 6 through 7, it says, So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and, and died. Well, I, I mean, I don't love that verse, and, but it goes on and says, Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. Think about that. They were, they were talking negative about Moses. Now, if you're a leader and your you're, 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 um, employers or, or you're, you're, the people that are following you, you know, are against you, and all of a sudden they come to you and say, would you please pray for us? Would you really want to pray that God would protect them and heal them? If I say, let those snakes bite them even harder, you know, whatever it may be, you know, but that's not what he did. So Moses prayed for the people. The journey for Moses and the people of Israel had some difficult obstacles, no doubt about that. And we all deal with difficult obstacles in our own, in our own lives. But these obstacles that these people dealt with, since they refused the right of way through Kadesh, the leader there, Edom, said that they would have to take an alternate route. They have to, have to go a different way. So they took a bypass, which led them to Mount Hor. And unfortunately, it was there that Aaron died, one of the leaders, one of Moses' companions and so forth. And if you know anything about the desert or, or the desert of Sinai, it, it had a variety of, of snakes. How many, how many people love snakes? Not a lot of people. Some of you do like snakes, but a lot of us, you know, you don't like snakes. You don't want to, you don't want to be bit by a spider. You don't want to be bit by a snake. I've never been bitten by a snake, thank God, but I can't even imagine what it was like. But in this area, in this region of the desert, some of these snakes would hide in the sand and they would attack without warning both the Israelites and the Egyptians. And they had such a great fear of snakes, these two parties. And a bite from a poisonous snake often meant a slow death, with which, which uh, you know, you had excruciating pain, and you went through major suffering on your way to dying. And the Israelites continued their journey, but in, instead of going through the route that they wanted to go to, the the, Edom, the the leader, Edom, wanted them to go a different route, so they had to walk along by the Red Sea, and that's when they began to speak against God. Because as we read, what did it say? They had no food, they had no water and deplorable conditions and it caused them to rebel it made them irritable it made them frustrated and in response of their rebelliousness god caused these serpents to bite them and the snake bites were so painful and deadly that they asked moses to ask god for relief they were like please help us out do something cry out to god Instead of them crying out to God, they they went to him and said, would you please tell him to do something for us in that moment? And here's one thing that a, a sinful, rebellious heart towards God will do. A sinful heart towards God always creates more setbacks. A sinful or rebellious heart towards God always creates more failures and devastating consequences. Think about your own life. Think about the life of your friends or your family or your loved ones that you know that perhaps are living a sinful life or a rebellious lifestyle towards God. And it seems like instead of going forward, they're going backwards. Instead of being successful, they're, they're constantly failing. And instead of things being rewarded, they're constantly going through devastating consequences in their life. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you're experiencing it now. Or maybe you know someone in that, in that realm. But there has never been a time when living with a sinful or rebellious heart towards God, and as I reflect in being a teenager, there was never a time I experienced promotions. There's never a time I experienced successes. There was never a time I experienced miracles, but I, I usually experienced setbacks, failures, and devastating consequences for the things that I had done that were contrary to what God's Word said. Because a sinful heart towards God always creates setbacks, it always creates failures, and it always creates devastating consequences. Now, many of you have perhaps seen the, the image of the, the, bron- the bronze serpent on the pole or, or whatever it may be, or, or maybe you've seen that, but it goes on and says in verse 8 and 9, and as you look at that image right there, it says, Then the Lord told him, make a, a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. They could be healed. But notice the posture and the position. They were looking up. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. Moses in his moment with God trusted in him. He did exactly what God told him to do and made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. But then it's one thing to do what God tells you to do. It's another thing when you got to now go and tell the people that are against you. They don't want to follow you, that are frustrated with you in, in that moment. And, and Moses had to go. He had to make a decision. He had to go and tell the people to look at the snake on the pole. And if they did, they would be saved and they would be healed. And the Israelites, once they heard that, they had to make a decision. They had to make a decision in that moment to either focus on the snake, on, on the pole, and, and hopefully be healed and saved, or they could tell Moses to take a hike, forget what, what, what God told you to do, you're out in left field, I don't know what's wrong with you, I don't know what you're smoking, or whatever it may be, but we're not listening to you, but what did they do, what did the children of Israel do, instead of looking around? Instead of looking down at the snakes and the circumstances that were surrounding him, and, and you know, instead of looking around and down and not trusting God, what did they do? They looked up. They looked up. They looked up. Some of you, you gotta stop looking at your surroundings. Some of you gotta stop looking at the news. Some of you, you gotta stop looking at the things that are surrounding you, and you need to stop looking down. You need to stop looking around, and you need to start looking up. You need to start looking up in the days that we're living in. You see, they looked past their rebellious and sinful ways. They looked past their impatience. They looked past their lack of. They stopped focusing on their griping. They stopped focusing on their complaining. And they focused on the bigger picture. Their suffering, their pain, and death ended because they directed their thoughts. They directed their trust towards God in their circumstance. Somebody give him praise this morning. You see, church, a moment of obedience with God, this is what happens when we obey the Lord. If you want to write this down, a moment of obedience with God produces a more focused mind. Is your mind wandering? Is your mind clouded? Is your mind just kind of like going in tangents? Is it focused? Is it being obedient to God? A focused mind rather than an irritated mouth. A moment of obedience with God produces a healed body than a hurt heart. A moment of obedience with God produces a better lifestyle than a bitter soul. Those are the benefits that come out of being obedient that you and I experience when we obey God and what he asks us to do in this word of God. How many of you want setbacks? How many of you want failures? How many of you want devastating consequences? There's not a person in this room that doesn't want those things, but rather what do you want? What do I want? What do we want? We want a focused mind. We want a healed body. We want a better lifestyle. How does that happen when you and I choose to be obedient in that moment with God? I want you to understand that this word obedience can do something. It has incredible benefits for your life. Somebody might tell you about a supplement. Somebody might tell you about a vitamin. Somebody might tell you about something, and they will tell you the benefits of what happens if you take that. It's the same way with obedience. Incredible things happen for our lives because when we choose to trust God on what he asks us to do, focus on who he is rather than the things that irritate us, some amazing things can happen, friends. Amazing things can happen. The more we're consumed with petty things and we give our attention to those things that frustrate us, the less focused we're going to be on obeying God in that moment that God asks us to do something. Especially when he asks us to do something that in the natural doesn't make any sense. When you and I have faith in God, he is able. We sang that beautiful song. The same God that did all these things for the people in the Old Testament, the New Testament, is the same God that wants to do things for you and I today in the days that we're living in here in 2022. And when the people of Israel stopped complaining and they started cooperating with God, that's the key is, friends, you and I have got to try to change our vocabulary and stop complaining and, stop, and start cooperating with God. Amazing things can happen. And when they started cooperating with God and the requests of Moses at, and, and how he asked them for several things to do and, and to, 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 to go through that process and so forth, the healing began. The herd was gone. Death and fear and suffering of the Israelites was relieved when our faith begins to grow and we turn to the one who is and is to come, the great I am, our perspectives begin to change. It causes us to look at our obstacles as an opportunity for God to still have the last word over our difficult challenges and our, our difficult circumstances. But whenever we're consumed by something that causes us not to trust in God or obey him in that moment... He will ask us to do something and we will become narrow in our thinking and limited in our ability to see the bigger picture. Because we keep looking around, we keep looking down instead of looking up. And that's what God wants us to do. What are you focused on this morning, friends? Church, listen to me. It wasn't the bronze serpent the Israelites were focused on that healed them. It was the greater power beyond who they were that they realized that there was something that God can do. Because why? The snake was bronze. The snake was harmless. It it couldn't hurt them. It had been immobilized. And the Israelites could see beyond and they began to focus totally that God would see them through because it was God who gave the word and the instructions to Moses. And it was Moses who gave the instructions to the children of Israel because that word came from God himself to them. And that caused them to totally focus on God rather than on their circumstances stance And when the bronze snake was hung on the pole, they didn't understand the greater meaning that was gonna happen later on in John 3, 14 through 15, that Jesus will bring about from that event of the Old Testament to the New Testament. Jesus explained that as the Israelites were healed of their sickness by looking at the snake on a pole, that people today would be saved from the sickness of sin. All of us have been tested positive for SIN in this room. People might be afraid of COVID. People might be concerned about monkeypox, but I would be more concerned about SIN because we have all been tested positive for sin and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of Jesus, all people can be saved. Because when you look to Jesus, when you look to his death on the cross, as I said earlier, it wasn't the snake that healed the people, but their belief that God could heal and protect them. Hebrews twelve two says this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this. By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We have an advocate. We have a champion on our side. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. And now he is seated at the place of honor besides God's throne. Friends, I don't know where you're at today. But you need to look at the cross. You need to look up. Don't look down and don't look around. You need to understand who is on your side. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith is with us. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. So here's the big idea that I want, to walk, I want you to walk away with from today's message this morning. A moment with God will cause you to make a major decision. A moment with God will always cause you to make a major decision. Moses had to decide In this moment with God to obey what he asked him to do, to to make a a snake out of a bronze snake and put it on a pole and then go and tell the children of Israel the same thing and they got to look at that thing. The same thing that they were afraid of, the same thing that they were scared of, the same thing that they didn't want nothing to do with. They're supposed to look at that to be healed and saved. He had to make a major decision. They had to make a major decision. Abraham had a moment with God and decided to obey God and sacrifice his only son, Isaac. When God appeared to Jacob in a dream, he was willing in his moment with God to leave Laban and begin the nation that would be named after him, Israel. Daniel, in his moment of prayer, was so devoted to God that he didn't compromise his faith and was thrown into a, lion's, a, li- a den of lions, but didn't even have a scratch on his body. A moment with God will always cause you to make a major decision and the thing is this the same people that had moments with God God wants us to have moments with him and when we have those moments with him it's gonna require a major decision and that's what happened in my life going in my senior year of high school I said you know what he died for me I'm gonna live for him no one's ever died for me but I'm gonna live for him was it easy no was it hard yes but the rest is history. God has been so good. God has been so faithful in those moments. You see, in, in today's time, your moment with God will cause you to choose two things. Would you rather be a fool in the eyes of man or would you rather be a fool in the eyes of God? Moses had to make that decision. Am I gonna, would I be willing to look like a fool in the eyes of man or would I rather not listen to what God told me to build or make and just be a fool in the eyes of him? I don't know about you friends but I'd rather be a fool in the eyes of man than a fool in the eyes of God because his ways are not my ways his thoughts are not my thoughts the decisions that I make with him is it has eternal um, ramifications and and the decisions I make with others and with or towards others or towards people it's just temporal it's just temporal you know I might make you really really happy for whatever decision I make for this church But a month from now you could you could have the flip you can flip the script and be against me because it's temporal it's temporal but the the moments we have with god are eternal eternal think about that time that you you cried out to god and god saved you and delivered you remember those moments that you have in that spiritual photo album that you have with god where you remember god did this and that the same god that did those things for them back then is the same god that does those things for us today Every head is bowed and eyes are closed in this holy moment. And I want to ask you a question that I've said throughout this message. What are you focused on today? What are you focused on today? The things that surround you? Or are you looking up to God? Are you looking up to Jesus? Are you looking to the cross to help you through physically, financially, mentally, relationally, or spiritually? You only know the answer to that question. What are you focused on? And maybe the Lord brought you here just to remind you or to challenge you, not to hurt you, but to heal you, to focus on the cross, to keep your eyes on Jesus, not the things that's the things that surround you today that are weighing you down, that are causing you to complain, that are causing your character to change. May those things become as shadows in the likes of God's presence, but maybe that's where you're at today. Secondly, how is your heart with the Lord today? How is your heart with the Lord today? Is it in a state of rebellion or righteousness? Is it in in a state of failures or miracles? Is it in in a state of setbacks or are you going forward? Is it in a state of devastating consequences due to disobedience or a divine moment of obedience with God that's helping you to continue to weather the storms that you're dealing with? I don't know where it's at, but not only what are you focused on with your eyes, but how is your heart in the house of God this morning? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. Solomon said to guard your heart because out of it is the wellspring of life. So just talk to the Lord right now and say, Father, my heart, it's not where it needs to be with you, Jesus. Forgive me. Just talk to him right now. Third, how is your tongue today? Man, pastor, what's all this physical? You got my eyes now, you got my heart now, you're going after my mouth, stop it. No, it's the Holy Spirit because he's, he's speaking to us this morning because He loves us. He's a good Father. He's, he's faithful. Do you find yourself complaining a lot more rather than praising more? Do you find yourself blaming others for your troubles instead of seeing if there's anything that you could do better or that maybe you're the problem to the situation? And you realize this morning, God, God, My my focus is cool. My heart is is great. But man, this mouth, it hasn't been good lately. It's been a lot more complaining than praising. And I find myself no different than the children of Israel. And today, Lord God, I need to give you back what rightfully belongs to you. Maybe that's you. And finally, how's your relationship with God today? Are you acknowledging his existence? Yes, there is a God. God. But then you just go about your day without talking to him, without listening to him, without serving him, without obeying him, without making major decisions? Or are you allowing your moments with God to lead you into a time of healing, into a time of provision, into a time of promise as you decide to learn, as you decide to love, as you decide to lead from God? There's a difference between there is a God and believing God. Do you trust what he says? Only you know the answer to that question.